Hey there, greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. Today we have Chris Ott who's joining us from the West Coast. He's the founder and CEO of Creative Blue. It's a Silicon Valley based creative agency where he shares his passion and does his business through storytelling. That's how he builds brands up. So we'll find out about Chris and how he came up with his company and what he is doing. So let's uh, welcome Chris. Welcome Chris. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to join today. So Chris, uh, tell us a little bit about your company and then we'll go back to understanding who you are. Yeah, great. Uh so Creative Blue is a full service agency and we focus on what we call strategic storytelling. And what that means to us is that uh storytelling it's well known that creates an emotional connection with the audience through story, but we believe that it should have a strategy that's the fundamental point of uh driving outcomes. And so everything that we do is on the premise of strategic storytelling. We work with clients to help them tell their brand story and help them to drive change. Uh we work with companies everywhere from early phase startups all the way to Fortune 500 top companies in the world. So, uh that's pretty much what we do. And how long have you been doing this? We've been in business for 7 years and uh it's been quite a growth trajectory. Uh we started out with five clients that were fantastic uh you know big brand big name clients and we've expanded from there. Um continue to work with Fortune 500 companies as well. But we really found a unique position which is uh working with VCs and uh, helping them to raise investment capital into their funds um and then in turn working with early phase companies whether they're within their portfolios or companies looking for funding or to grow their business and uh get their message out there and that's really inspiring for us because you know some of the biggest brands in the world we can work with them on specific campaigns and help them incrementally but with the early phase companies we can really move the needle and it's exciting for us because uh the kinds of companies we work with are just innovative technologies whether it's uh AI technology for early detection of breast cancer to eliminate breast cancer or protein degradation for crops to help feed the world or autonomous flight i mean the, the list goes on and on but it's really inspiring and i think of uh my daughter's at UCLA and i think about her future and uh you know the world's going to be a a very different place in 5 years from now and just excited and that that really gives me optimism in our whole team for what we do and how we can make an impact on the world awesome so tell us a little bit about yourself you know your background you know how, how did you get to where you are today yeah it's been an interesting journey because uh i never imagined myself uh, certainly owning a creative agency i mean as as a child i i was probably the furthest thing from creative uh my my older brother was uh really just a prodigy when it came to doing oil painting at 4 years old and things like that i just never had any kind of uh talent to, as far as artistic ability um but i i really excelled at, i i loved competing and i loved sports and um i wasn't really good at most sports but i found cycling and uh it just was a natural fit for me i just loved the whole dynamic of cycling uh aspired to be and become a professional cyclist uh, i raced for 8 years and got uh, some incredible opportunities 
um, in, in, on the world stage and things like that. I always wanted to do the tour de France, but, uh, you know, there's, it's such a competitive environment and so forth. And so, you know, along the, along the path, I think as, as a kid, you realize, and as you're becoming an adult, you know, the world is full of possibilities and potential. And then you suddenly find the reality, like you're not superhuman or you're not, you're not a superhero. And, and it causes you to pivot a little bit. And uh, so I ended up having some injuries in cycling and forced me to kind of stop the path that I was on. Uh, So I started as an entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial experience with uh, opening a chain of bicycle retail stores and doing some other businesses like that. And uh, that was fascinating for me, but I had this dream. I was going to get people into cycling and, and that was kind of my path. But along the way, things change. And uh, really, like uh, to the topic that you describe with Plan B, it's like kind of finding that journey and pivoting to the things that you enjoy. Um, I realized that marketing was a really interesting aspect of, of owning a business and trying to acquire new customers, get people in the doors. And uh, so my journey ended up transitioning to being an executive executive in marketing. Um, and I really liked media. And so um, my path ended up in a couple of different companies and big companies where um, I was able to help innovate sports broadcasting and uh, the immersive experience of sports broadcasting, which was really enjoyable for sports like Wimbledon or IndyCar and things like that, where you change the way broadcast was forever done and people experience it. Um, So that's, that's really where my passion was. And interestingly enough, um, I was recruited by an agency and um, I'd worked with agencies on the other side of the fence, so to speak, with marketing and so forth. And um, uh, I just really enjoyed that, that side where you get to experience a lot of different brands and get to work with tremendous executives and people like that. And kind of, uh, I, I guess it felt natural to me and, and, what I really like to do is do things that make an impact on the world. So like in media, the thing that I enjoyed was, was changing the way broadcast would forever be done for sports and uh, interactivity. And so if I can do that for companies with all kinds of different innovative technology, it really inspires me. And that's, that's really how I came to found creative blue is that, uh, uh, you know, and, and so that path, it was really, as, as you talk about with plan B, it was a big pivot from where I ever envisioned myself being, but found something that I feel like I have uh, ability with and, and vision and, and I really enjoy what I do. So what's behind the name Creative Blue? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, well, number one, blue is my favorite color. So we'll start there. <laughs> but um, we look at it as the, the creative aspect of everything that we do. We try to think of things in a blue ocean or blue sky environment. So really just being bold about ideas and the creative process. And so to us, creative blue means that we're always going to think of things that are through a different lens or or putting the, the traditional aside and, and trying to think of things in a different way. If there are no limits, uh, what are the possibilities of a creative campaign or a creative story? And so, so that's what Creative Blue means to us. Awesome. And you talk, you talk about strategic storytelling. And uh, 
you you have your own foundational blueprint of it can you share some insights into that yeah so with us strategic storytelling it's a methodology that we approach in terms of um like how we integrate story into the process of working with clients but we believe that story it's really important a good story has three key attributes in our opinion one is it should be concise it should really get to the point and tell an audience what is it and and the specifics of what you do on a high level and then the second thing it should be unique and and it's always interesting because companies these days they're fighting for market share and they're trying to cut through the noise of everything else that's out there uh, consumers are inundated by billboards and advertisements and digital and media and all these different things their attention is really uh, across the board and so to try to help a company position themselves as something that's very unique is challenging and and companies struggle with that and so we believe that having a, a story that's unique and really describes the the unfair advantage so to speak uh is really important and the third thing is it should be effective so um we always look for outcomes i mean we actually measure ourselves and our success on did we achieve the goal for our clients it's not about winning design awards i mean obviously we have world class designers and we can win design awards but that's that's not what gets us up in the morning and gets us excited it's about building an effective story that's going to ultimately accomplish goals so that's all part of the process and our blueprint is really this this process where we take the story and codify it and build the architecture of the story similar to building a house where you define where the the bathrooms are where the kitchen is where the bedrooms are and then you add all the color the the fit and finish to it to um to make it really resonate so so what what do what's the output that your clients get yeah the and it varies depending upon the client and what their needs are um we don't shoehorn ourselves into any specific thing but um we offer several different deliverables that are very helpful to clients one of which is what we call the core story and the core story is similar to what a traditional agency would call a message framework the messaging for a company and a lot of different agencies will deliver the uh the message framework in terms of developing personas or target audiences and tone and voice and those types of things giving you the how to say something um we do that but we also give probably the most important thing which is what to say so we help the help our clients to codify what is it that you're actually saying and give them the content so that it gives them a through line to every touch point uh through their audience uh engagement and so the deliverables can look like um uh the tool that we call the message playbook for the core story uh which gives them these digestible components of content um uh, it can be presentations so if they're looking for an investor presentation or they're looking for sales enablement to do uh sales pitches to new prospects or if it's uh on their website the messaging that's on their website how they're communicating themselves uh on the website or even campaigns uh through digital media we don't do all of the the tactical implementation of the posting but we'll give the messaging to guide and as well as thought leadership for the executives and so forth so those are the typical outputs that we use for deliverables so you mentioned that you work with uh, you know fortune 500 companies as well as probably fortune 100 too and then you know startups and fledgling companies that are growing 
Is there a change or is there anything different from how a story is woven for a brand that's established versus a brand that's growing? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And like I said earlier, with the large companies, uh, it's very difficult. I mean, most of them are very established in their brand story, their their origin, if you will, and, and how they came about and what their mission is and so forth. They spend a lot of time doing that. And um, so working with those Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 companies, it's really more about incremental change on specific campaigns or initiatives. I mean, we worked with the largest uh, uh, modern electric car company and help them with a sustainability campaign. And it's uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, it, it's a fun project because you get to build this campaign and so forth. But what we find is that with these early phase companies, they're really challenged because they come up with a technology that's innovative that they're trying to change the world with, but they don't necessarily have uh, the resources to really define or or the wherewithal to define uh, the mission and the vision of that. Um, they have ideas. And what we do is we really help bring that out of them. Uh, and so uh, codifying that story really makes a big difference in terms of their brand positioning, what they stand for and where they are in the marketplace. And, and that's enjoyable for us, for sure. So how, how do you pitch yourself to your clients or to your prospects. <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. We, you know, the, the interesting thing, um, good or bad, is that we haven't had to advertise. I mean, we've never advertised Creative Blue. And uh, we started with relationships that I had and, and uh, engagements that uh, people came to us for very specific needs. Um, and I think uh, what has happened is that we've, we've really just developed this network of referrals and recommendations uh, for the level of our work. And uh, I think it speaks to a couple of things. One, it speaks to the fact that um, companies are searching for talent. I mean, talent is hard to find in this environment, certainly. And uh, when they find uh, people or resources that have very specific uh, skill sets that can drive their business, they really gravitate towards it. And then, of course, when that word gets out, um, you know, it, it, it's it's a small world in the Silicon Valley, and especially amongst uh, high-level executives. And so, so it's fun to get uh, referrals and things like that. But the the second part of it is that. I think it also speaks to um, our dedication and commitment to get results for our clients. I mean, we take it personally. It's like we really want to help our clients achieve and succeed and um, make their goals and so forth. And so we look at every engagement as a proof point to prove ourselves. And I think that that's been one of the things that's helped us uh, in terms of resonating and getting referrals and word of mouth business and so forth. You know, one of the things... And, and you tell me from your experience, you know, what I believe is when, when a company is founded or, or for that matter, when a person is thinking of something, there's already a set idea in their head as to what, the, what, what that story is. And yeah. you coming in as uh, an external resource and looking at it from the outside in, you know, obviously you might have your own viewpoint. How difficult or easy is it to convince someone to make that shift or to see it differently than what they already have in their head. 
Yeah, well, fortunately, people come to us for that specific reason. So, um, you know, we don't we don't end up spending a ton of time trying to convince them that they should tell it a different way. Usually what happens is it's the other way around. It's like they're they're starving for a different perspective because of the fact that their ideas, although they're grounded in their uh, their perspectives and how they see their company going, um, they need help to get to the next level, whether it's getting funding or growing their business. And they've kind of come to a, a stalemate in terms of how far they can take it without external perspectives. So, you know, we we do a little bit of uh, discussion about the reason for storytelling and why that's important. But for the most part, um, it's interesting because we like to take the ideas that a founder or entrepreneur has because they have great ideas and it's their company and their passion and so forth. But we try to help them to see the bigger picture of what is the impact. And, and I'll give you an example of this is that you know most of the founders, because in the Silicon Valley specifically, when you're talking about a technology company, whether it's um, AI technology and supply chain management or, or whatever it is, um, the the entrepreneur is very well ingrained in the technology and how the technology works. And so they immediately default and want to talk about that. They want to talk about how the technology works and the technical specifications, the features, functionality, and all of that. And what we try to do is elevate that and say, yes, we're going to utilize those elements as your secret sauce and your competitive advantage. But we want to really talk about what is the impact that your technology is going to make. And how is that going to improve lives? How is that going to improve business and, and all of these kinds of things? And that's really how we get to where we do with the stories that we do. Um, and and that's, that's really, it's embraced by a lot of uh, the executives that we work with because of the fact that it, it gets results. I mean, it, that's what resonates with people is, is what does your technology do for us? I mean, how does it really move us forward? So that's, that's an element that we really focus on. So when, when when dealing with VC firms, for instance, and and you know creating their compelling story, is that any different from any other business? It is a little bit. Um, it, I mean, the the foundational elements are very similar in terms of telling a story. The main difference is that uh, with a VC, they're getting they're trying to recruit and bring in LPs or investors into their fund so that they can rely on the stewardship of the VC that they'll make good investments in companies. So with VCs, the story is really more about what is your investment ethos and how do you approach selection of different companies to invest in? How does that align with your principles and values? And um, what kind of uh, criteria do you look for in a new investment? And how does that play into the market segments in the future thinking strategically? And so if you can convince an LP or align them on the types of companies that they want to invest in, and then your approach of how you select a new company, like the talent that you recruit with an entrepreneur, the technology being vetted and those types of things, then an LP is going to feel much better about uh, their money being put into these investment funds. So, so it is, uh, in answer to your question, I mean, there's many similarities that, uh, that apply in terms of the storytelling and, um, and that side of it. But uh, there is a departure in terms of it's really about the stewardship and, and aligning them on the ethos of investing as opposed to um, the business fundamentals of a company.
And and in your relationship with your clients, is it limited to, you know, architecting that that story for the brand or does it continue as the brand continues to evolve as well? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, our relationship extends. Uh, we we have two engagement models. We have a model where uh, we do a project-based focus for a very specific scope. Uh, but then we also have a retainer model where we work with clients ongoing. So we do uh, very specific things like thought leadership for executives, helping them to frame their messaging and their platform so that they can continue to talk ongoing uh, as their company evolves. Uh, because a lot of these companies, it's exciting. I mean, we're working with one company right now that uh, we were involved in the very early stage of them getting funding and, and helping to build their brand and build their business. And now they're in a process of an acquisition where they're being acquired and uh, for a big uh, exit. And and, and the opportunity there is that that company can go can live beyond by being acquired. Um, their technology is going to be in uh, hospitals all across the country and going to save lives. And to us, that's really rewarding to see because it, it's a throughput of not just helping them at the beginning, but to your point, staying with them along the journey. And so we have a very high retention rate because of the fact that we can not only help them position their brand initially, uh, for exposure and scalability, but we can be with them along the way through their growth phase. Um, and why that's important is because a lot of times companies start out with investment dollars on a specific product or a specific service that they they get uh, revenue from and they demonstrate the traction. And then beyond there, the next phase is demonstrating scalability. And so we help them with that transition from, okay, first we demonstrated traction. Now we're demonstrating how this scales on a global level. And so that's, that's how we stay along with them in the partnership. So what's, uh, what's new for 2022? Do you see yourself as a creative agency? Do you also see yourself as a PR agency in, in any way? Yeah. So, so that's an interesting question because um, people ask us a lot of times, well, it sounds like you could do PR, like you could, and, and we can absolutely do PR, um, but I see us more, I love the fact that as a strategic storytelling agency, I mean, we're a full service agency, so we do a lot of different things I mean, videos and all kinds of things. So I don't want to pigeonhole us as, as saying we're a PR firm uh, because that's a pretty crowded space. And, and I think it's very specific um, when you're looking at metrics for uh, audience share and things like that. I think we're more upstream, if you will, in terms of really setting that strategic vision and telling the initial story that can then be utilized on all these different platforms. So um, I love the space that we play in and where we fall and kind of the value chain, if you will, of uh, working with clients. Uh, so I see us continuing to go forward in, in where we're at in, in that area, which is really on the strategy side and the, the narrative side and, and helping to develop visuals to, to do visual storytelling as well. Awesome. And uh, in terms of where people can find you, what's the best way to connect or reach you? Yeah, so uh, people can come to our website. Our website is creativeblue.agency. And uh, you can ping us there and check out what we do. Uh, we have a blog there. You can also find us on, on Facebook and Instagram uh, with Creative Blue. If you do a search on Creative Blue, and you can find us there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining today and sharing your story. 
very inspirational, uh, very fresh approach to storytelling. Absolutely. Before I let you go, one takeaway for the listeners, anything that you'd like to share? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, based on based on plan B and, and what you're trying to accomplish with your audience, I would say, follow your passion first. And I tell my daughter the same thing. Uh, don't think about getting a job and trying to make money. Think first about what is it that you want to do and what makes you happy and brings you personal fulfillment. And I guarantee you'll make money doing that. So uh, that falls into place. So follow your passion. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining today. Thank you for having me. Have, have a great day. You too.